hello everyone what's up you guys happy wednesday welcome back to another episode of killer instinct if you are new here hi my name is savannah i'm your host of killer instinct before we get started make sure you go ahead and hit that subscribe button that way you never miss an episode we post weekly here every single wednesday and you are not going to want to miss it Now, as you guys can tell by the title of today's episode, today we are talking about the death of Tanner Ward. Tanner was 19 years old when he was found dead in December 2017. This case has a lot of conflicting opinions on whether or not it was a suicide or a homicide, and I'm very very interested to hear what you think about it. So with that being said, let's jump right on into it today. Tanner Ward was born on September 7th, 1997 to his mother, Lisa Ward, and his father, Curtis Ward. Tanner also had a sister named Kelsey, as well as an older brother named Tyler, and the whole family lived in Trenton, Missouri. Tanner's described as someone who always had a contagious smile, he was always joking around and laughing, and in Tanner's early teenage years, he did get into some trouble. He got involved with the wrong people, and he was involved with some drugs and petty crime. However, at this point of his life in 2017, it appeared as if he was really trying to turn his life around. Something to know about Tanner is that the most important thing in his life was his daughter, Sophia. He also also had a fiance named Megan at the time and Tanner would drop everything and anything for his daughter. According to Tanner's sister Kelsey, she called Tanner and his little family a true love story and said that there was absolutely nothing he wouldn't do for his daughter. He absolutely was obsessed with her and loved being a dad even at a young age and Sophia really helped Tanner be directed into the right path. Now Trenton, Missouri is a very very small town. It was described as a town that's too small to get lost in, and in 2017, it had a population of a little under 6,000 people. Because Tanner and his family had lived there their entire lives, they basically knew everyone in Trenton. No one was a stranger to them, and that's going to be really important to know throughout the entirety of this case. Now, this case starts on June 7th, 2017, and on this particular night, Tanner was at home at his parents' house, and his mom, Lisa, had asked Tanner if he wanted her to cook him some dinner as well because she was doing so for the rest of the family, and this is when Tanner told his mom that he was going to go meet up with a friend, but he would only be gone for about 30 minutes or so, so to go ahead and make him a plate, and then he would eat it when he came back. Now, Lisa asked Tanner who he was going out to meet, and this is when Tanner responded by saying that he was going to see a friend of his named Jeremiah. Now, Jeremiah was a new name that was just introduced to Tanner's family on this night. Tanner's mom had no idea who Jeremiah was, and neither did his sister, Kelsey, nor had either of them heard Tanner talk about Jeremiah. However, nonetheless, Tanner went off and left his family thinking he would be back in 30 minutes. However, Tanner never came home that night. Now, the next morning on June 8th, when Tanner's family woke up and realized that Tanner still didn't come home, Tanner's family knew that something was up. Tanner wasn't the type of guy to completely go MIA from his family, especially when he said he was going to be coming right back. 
Now, something to note about Tanner is that he did not have a cell phone, which I know seems a little crazy considering the world that we live in today. It feels like, of course, you're going to have a cell phone. Everyone has a cell phone. But Tanner didn't have a cell phone from the research that I've done when trying to see if there was a way to track his digital footprint. Tanner did not have a cell phone. So obviously, because of that, there were no phone calls, no texts from Tanner. And that is when Kelsey decided to start retracing Tanner's steps from the night prior. She started asking around to people to find someone who knew who Jeremiah was. That's what she wanted to know. And ultimately, she did find some people who knew who he was and were able to direct her as to where he lived. So she went directly to Jeremiah's apartment. Now, when Kelsey got there, she said she started knocking on the door, however, didn't receive an answer. And that's when she noticed that the door was unlocked. So she basically just let herself in. She said she assumed that everyone in the apartment was sleeping. The door was unlocked. So she just opened the door and walked right in. And when she walked through the door, Kelsey said that the apartment was absolutely destroyed. She said that there was a giant hole in the wall, there was trash everywhere, and the back door of the apartment was also left wide open. And another thing to note was that no one was in the apartment. No one was home. However, as Kelsey started walking through the apartment, she noticed something very interesting. She noticed Tanner's favorite baseball hat was sitting on the coffee table. Now, this struck Kelsey as extremely strange because this hat was Tanner's favorite. It was the hat that he was wearing the night that he went missing. And it was his favorite hat that he never went anywhere without. Tanner was always seen wearing this hat. So the fact that the hat was at Jeremiah's house definitely struck Kelsey the wrong way. Now, once Kelsey found the hat, she immediately took it to police and tried to file a missing persons report and get an investigation going. However, police were not as convinced that something was wrong. They said it was very possible that Tanner just ran away. Maybe he ran away by himself. Maybe he ran away for a couple days with some girl. Maybe he just didn't want to talk to anyone for a little bit, but he'll probably show back up is the whole idea that the police had. However, Kelsey had a gut feeling that that was not the case. Two weeks had passed at this point and Tanner still was not home and his family did not agree with police statements saying that he was a runaway. They knew that he wouldn't have just picked up his life and left his daughter behind. So it was at this time that Tanner's family decided to take matters into their own hands and they started making missing persons flyers and passing them around Trenton. And one day while Kelsey was doing this, she actually ran in to Jeremiah face to face for the very first time. Now, when she first saw Jeremiah, he was in his truck and Kelsey motioned him to get out of his truck, which he did. He pulled over and got out of his car and when he shut the door, Kelsey noticed that Jeremiah was wearing the same shirt that Tanner was wearing when he left his parents' house that day when he went missing. Now, obviously, this was extremely, extremely shocking because why on earth would Jeremiah be wearing Tanner's shirt, let alone the shirt that Tanner went missing in? And why and how did Tanner's shirt come off with to begin with? Now, along with Jeremiah just wearing the shirt, when Kelsey got closer to Jeremiah, she noticed that there were certain stains on this shirt. According to Kelsey, she said, quote, I told him, what the hell is on your shirt? Because it looked like four cigarette burn holes. He said, 
oh, nothing. Those are just stains. And I was like, those don't look like stains. And I also said, okay, well, I'm going to call the police. And Jeremiah just said, I'll meet you at the police station, end quote. So once they got to the police station, this is when the police started to question Jeremiah. According to them, they said, quote, Jeremiah was someone that we looked at hard. We talked to him a lot, end quote. When Kelsey and Jeremiah both got to the station and Jeremiah started talking to police, they asked him to remove the shirt so they could do the forensic testing that was necessary on it. However, for whatever reason, Jeremiah was extremely reluctant to hand this shirt over. And according to Kelsey, the authorities actually had to force Jeremiah to take off his shirt. Tanner's family didn't understand why Jeremiah wouldn't just hand the shirt over because A, it wasn't his shirt, it was Tanner's, and B, if there was nothing wrong with the shirt, if the shirt was fine and there was nothing to hide, why not just hand the shirt over and have forensic testing done on it? Now, when authorities were asked if there was any blood spatter found on the shirt, they said, quote, there was a couple anomalies on the shirt. I can't say they're blood, but we've certainly asked for them to be tested, end quote. Authorities also gave Jeremiah a voice stress test to which police said he did indicate some level of deception. Jeremiah's dad also lived 10 minutes away from Trenton in a town called Edinburgh, and the authorities also did a search on on that house and they brought in cadaver dogs and they got a hit on a part of the property which was right outside the back door next to this burn pit. Authorities said, quote, we went down, did a forensic dig. The site was probably six feet wide by 10 feet long. We went all the way down to the compacted earth and then another foot after using that equipment, end quote. And when they did that search, they actually did find bones. However, none that helped them. The chief said, quote, we found lots of little bones looked at by an anthropologist who said they were animal bones, end quote. Now, in terms of the possibility, like I said, of a digital footprint and tracing his phone, Tanner did not have a cell phone, so they were not able to track it. The authorities received tons and tons of leads on this case. However, according to them, they were all dead ends. And the chief actually summed up all the tips he received in four words. And those four words were one, misinformation, two, speculation, three, conjecture, and four, rumors. The following six months were spent with Tanner's family having no idea where he could have possibly went. He vanished into thin air, so it seemed, and his family knew that there were people out there that knew more than they were letting on. Trenton was such a small town. Someone had to have known where he went. Someone had to have seen where he had gone that night. Someone knew something. Now, Tanner was last seen in June, and now fast forward six months later to December 2017, more specifically, 7.30 a.m. on Monday, December 4th, 2017. On this particular morning, there were two high school students that were walking to school. And when they walked to school, they walked through a wooded area near Shanklin Avenue. And when they did, they noticed that there was a body hanging from a tree. They contacted authorities immediately, and authorities arrived on the scene and said that the body was so badly decomposed that the fingers were mummified, and along with that, the body had no feet. The feet were missing. 
Now, right away, police contacted Tanner's family to make the identification. They said that they knew how small of a town Trenton was and how quickly word was going to get around, and they wanted Tanner's family to be the one to be able to identify Tanner if this was him before this ever got out to the media. So Tanner's dad arrived on the scene, and that was when he was able to confirm that the body found hanging from the tree was, in fact, his son, Tanner Ward. Now, according to the autopsy result, which was conducted by Dr. Mitchell from Frontier Forensics Midwest of Kansas City, they actually concluded that Tanner committed suicide by hanging himself in a tree from a wooded area. The report stated that the body was having, quote, well above grade over an area of branches, brush, and other deteriorates, end quote. And it was also said that the cord that was used to suspend the body was wrapped around the branch multiple times. Tanner was wearing a t-shirt when he was found as well as a pair of jeans, and the autopsy also stated that Tanner's body had no other injuries other than the injury around his neck caused by the hanging. Now, the first thing I want to talk about here is the missing feet. There are a lot of mixed opinions on the missing feet factor of all of this. A lot of people believe that there is absolutely no way that this was suicide because how and why would Tanner cut his feet off? However, authorities have come back and retaliated against this by saying that due to the way that Tanner's body was found, his feet would have naturally fallen off anyways after that long of a decay period, after a six-month decay period. With the body hanging in the way that it was, it isn't uncommon for the feet to fall off because of the weight of the shoes that are being worn with it. So authorities and forensic experts are saying that the feet missing is not a super concerning factor. However, a lot of people believe that there could be more to that. Now, Tanner's family, along with a lot of people, have said from the beginning that they do not believe that this was suicide. They believe something way, way more sinister had to have been involved in this. Lisa, his mother, has said, quote, If I truly believed my son put himself in that tree, I could maybe accept it. But there's not a fiber in my body that believes my son killed himself. There was no suicide note. He was not suicidal. He didn't have suicidal tendencies. And he was very involved with his family. He was making plans for Father's Day weekend. He was making plans for when his dad got back from deployment, end quote. Okay, we're going to take a short break, but we will be right back with more of the Killer Instinct podcast. Imagine an app designed to make you use it less. Seems a little counterproductive, right? Well, Apartments.com's Instant Alert feature works exactly that way. Instead of scanning rental listings a million times a day, simply set and forget your search to whatever you're looking for in a place and let Apartments.com do the rest. From pet-friendly apartments to balconies to in-unit ACs, Apartments.com's powerful search tools let you know when the perfect combination of features you're seeking is listed. So you don't have to power through rental descriptions one by one. With more rental listings than anywhere else, Apartments Apartments.com's instant alerts mean that you can spend less time looking for the perfect place and more time on just doing you. Apartments.com, the place to find a place. All right, you guys, welcome back. Now, I think it's important to note here that no 
suicide case is the same. As far as my research on this case goes, I've looked at a lot of people who have also said that their family members have committed suicide and they also seemed completely fine and they also were making plans for the future. But then on the flip side of that, there are some that were not doing fine and that had suicidal tendencies. So no two cases are going to be the same here. However, Tanner's family, who knows Tanner the best, said that there's absolutely no way that this is suicide. Now with this town being so small, Tanner's family received countless, countless tips from other people in the town after his body was found. Kelsey said, quote, we've gotten a bunch of text messages or messages or tips on all of what have happened to Tanner. One tip said he was tortured for about four months and they killed him and kept him in a freezer. Another said that they beat Tanner with a baseball bat. They tortured him and hung him in either a well or a fruit cellar. They kept him alive there, but unfortunately he had died, end quote. Kelsey also went on to say, quote, I think he was tortured, honestly. I think he was alive for some months and then they just killed him because they didn't know what to do, end quote. However, again, authorities think different. Authorities have said that they believe that people are fueling the fire and playing a bad game of telephone. Those were their exact words. They do say that people have had good theories. However, there's no evidence there to back it up. However, Tanner's family disagrees with that. Tanner's family said that when they saw his body, that it was mummified. However, in order for a body to be at a state where it mummifies, it would need to be in an area where it is away from humidity and away from moisture. However, in the months that Tanner was missing, in those summer months, there were many thunderstorms and a lot of rain and a lot of moisture that would have made it hard for the body to begin the mummification process. Also, let's talk about the fact that for a body to be out in those conditions for that long, we're talking six months, it would be severely decomposed and there would usually be bugs infesting the body or birds or other animals trying to attack it to feed off of it. However, there wasn't any of that evidence either. It didn't look like Tanner's body had succumbed to any environmental conditions. Now, something that's also important to note is that the tree that Tanner was hanging from was only three blocks away from where Tanner's family lived. Three blocks, that's it. If Tanner did commit suicide, that would mean that he more than likely hung himself up in that tree and was there for six months before anyone found him. His family had searched all throughout that area. Countless people, volunteers had searched all throughout that area and no one ever found him. The two students that even ended up finding him had taken that same route to school at least two or three times prior to that and neither of them saw anything. And they were even asked if they think it's possible that they just passed Tanner's body on those two to three trips prior and didn't see anything. However, they said that there is no way that they would pass that body without seeing it because each time they took that route, they were just as close, if not closer, to the tree that he was hanging from. And also for being that close to his family home, again, his family searched that area so many times they had all walked through it and never saw 
anything. So that to me is a major red flag. But let's talk theories. And I want to talk about the theory that Tanner's family believes. And that is that Tanner was murdered and did not commit suicide. However, there are some more details to it that we can run through. Now, like I said in the beginning, Tanner had been involved in some drugs in the past. Tanner was said to be a regular weed smoker, but he was also someone that would dabble into heavier drugs as well. Lisa says, quote, Tanner was no angel, but he wasn't the worst person in the world either, end quote. And along with the drug use, Tanner was on felony probation for a home invasion that he was involved in with his brother in 2016. This home invasion involved Tanner and his brother Taylor showing up with a gun and holding people inside of the home hostage. Now it is said that the people in this house included Jeremiah as well as Jeremiah's neighbor, which was a woman named Stephanie Miller, along with Stephanie Miller's daughter. Now the alleged theory here is that Jeremiah and Stephanie decided to get Tanner back for doing this to them a year prior. Tanner and Taylor did this in 2016, and in 2017, Jeremiah and Stephanie decided to retaliate, is the theory. Kelsey said, quote, from what I've been told, they didn't intentionally kill him. They were just supposed to beat him and let him go. But Tanner decided to fight back, is what I've been told, and that's when things went south end quote. I do want to say, though, that neither Jeremiah or Stephanie Miller has ever been charged or named as a suspect or person of interest in Tanner's death. And Stephanie Miller says, quote, I don't know anything about what happened to Tanner. I'm not sure exactly why or what their opinions are based on, but it's important to me that the family knows I had nothing to do with this, end quote. Now, that is one theory that follows under the umbrella of the murder theory. Another theory I've seen floating around is the possibility that there was more to Tanner and Jeremiah's relationship than what meets the eye. Some have said that it's possible that there was a romantic connection there, and when Tanner went to go see Jeremiah that day, there was an argument that resulted in death. Now, to me, when it comes to Jeremiah, my biggest question in regards to all of this is we've never really been told what Jeremiah said about what happened that night. We aren't sure what his series of events are, and I think that that would be very very crucial to know here. Obviously, I'm sure that the police are aware of what he has recalled of the night, but because we as the public don't know, it leaves room for more questions. Did the two of them go somewhere together? Did they run into anyone else while they were hanging out? Was anyone else at Jeremiah's house? Did Jeremiah and Tanner go somewhere alone? There are a lot a lot more questions than answers just based off of the fact that we really aren't given all of the information as the public. Now, another theory is that Tanner and Jeremiah were doing drugs together and Tanner overdosed. I've seen people say that part of the reason his feet could have been cut off of his body was because maybe they injected the drugs into their feet. That way, Tanner's family wouldn't be able to see it and maybe that enticed his feet to fall off of his body. However, there's nothing to ensure that. But the overdose theory is possible, and maybe Jeremiah freaked out, didn't know what to do, and staged it as a suicide. 
Now, a big question I've seen with the homicide theory is how is it possible that Tanner died and someone was able to hang his body from a tree? To carry that much dead weight up of a tree is extremely, extremely challenging, if not borderline impossible. And if this was homicide, Tanner's body was clearly dead for a decent period of time before it was found. So where was it? I personally believe if this was homicide, Tanner's body was not hanging there for six months. Now let's talk about the suicide theory because it is possible that Tanner did in fact commit suicide. A lot of people have vetoed this theory because they think Tanner would have never acted so casual when leaving his house. He didn't leave a suicide note and he even asked his mom to make him dinner for when he came home. He has a daughter he absolutely adores and when he left the house that day, he didn't seem like anything was wrong. He completely acted normal, said goodbye to his daughter like everything was normal, said goodbye to his mom like everything was normal. So why would he ever commit suicide? Also, if he was hanging there for six months, how in the hell did no one ever see him? A lot of people do believe that the cops are covering up completely for Jeremiah and think that they aren't applying enough pressure to him, which could be true. We don't know. Now, a lot of people have blamed police for poor execution in launching this investigation. They claimed that this was suicide the day that Tanner's body was found. They treated it as a missing persons case all the way up till that point, and then once they discovered his body, they immediately marked it as suicide with no questions asked. Which also leads to the question of how did authorities not find his body? If they were searching, if they were treating this as a missing persons case, which mind you, they jumped on that way too late in the game thinking that Tanner was a runaway, how in the heck, once they did say that this was missing person's case, did they not find his body if he was just hanging? Tanner's body was hanging 25 feet above the ground, which is a decent height to be hanging. However, not so high of a height that no one's ever going to not see you. You would think based off of that, that someone would have seen Tanner before then. Now, a big question that I had when researching was where is Tanner's car? That was the one thing that I couldn't find. And mind you, there might be nothing about Tanner's car because Tanner maybe got picked up from Jeremiah that day. Maybe Jeremiah picked him up from Tanner's family home. However, there's nothing about Tanner's car or Tanner's car being found. And I'm only saying this because you might be thinking the same thing. Well, where was Tanner's car? Well, we don't know where Tanner's car is, or at least the research doesn't state where Tanner's car is. And maybe that is because Tanner left his car at home and got picked up. Now, personally, I, again, have a hard time believing that the body was there for six months and no one saw it. Experts have said that it is possible to not see the body or not smell the body at all because the winds could mask the smell and almost blow it away. However, six months, six months hanging in that tree three blocks away from his parents' home seems entirely unlikely. Now, Tanner's case is closed and it's been ruled a suicide. However, the majority of people who have heard about this case and Tanner's family, like I said, don't believe for a second that this was suicide. And I would love to know what you think. I'm kind of stumped on this one. I could see this being suicide, However, I there's too many things that are weird to me about this case that scream that there was something else going on. The six month period doesn't make sense to me. Like I said, hanging 25 feet above the ground to me and not being seen doesn't make sense. Three blocks away from his parents' house doesn't make sense. Jeremiah already had a possible motive 
going into this so it does seem a little questionable but let me know what you guys think you can email me at killerinstinctpodcast at gmail.com again that's just killerinstinctpodcast at gmail.com you can also dm me on instagram and follow me there at just at killerinstinctpodcast and with that being said you guys that is all from me today thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of killer instinct like i said in the beginning if you are new here hi my name is savannah and i'm your host of killer instinct make sure you go ahead and hit that subscribe button that way you never miss an episode we post weekly here every single wednesday and you're not going to want to miss it i'll be back next week with a brand new case and until then stay safe guys so i i know you've got a lot going on but remember i'm here for you so bother me when no one's listening because i will bother me when it feels like it won't get better because it can bother me because you're never a bother. Whether it's a low point or a crisis, get help for yourself or a friend. Learn more at neverabother.org or call or text 988, available 24-7. So I, I know you've got a lot going on, but remember, I'm here for you. So bother me when no one's listening because I will. Bother me when it feels like it won't get better because it can bother me because you're never a bother. Whether it's a low point or a crisis, get help for yourself or a friend. Learn more at neverabother.org or call or text 988, available 24-7.